Chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation contain messages to the seven churches of Asia. These are the same seven churches that are to receive this entire revelation according to chapter 1. There is much to glean from these brief messages to the Asian churches, so open your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 2, and follow along as we study Jesus Addresses His Churches. Before we begin our study, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have to study your Word and to grow. It is a blessing to be able to have a Bible. Many people in the world are forbidden to have Bibles. It is a blessing to be able to come and pray, to worship, to share together over these digital podcasts. Again, for many people in the world, this is illegal and forbidden. By your grace, Father, you have allowed us freedom to experience this blessing. And Father, we do not want to forget to praise you and thank you for your marvelous grace in every area. And Father, we do pray for those who are suffering, those who are unable to have the freedoms and the privileges of worship that we do. We ask, Father, that you would protect them and watch over them, provide for them spiritually, create a climate for them, Father, where they may be able to worship. And Father, help us not to take our privileges for granted. Open up our hearts and our minds to your word, It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So let's begin our study by reading Revelation chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. We read, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. If we were to take the time and examine chapters 2 and 3, and try to compare each of these messages to the churches, we would find in our study that there are six or seven consistent parts to each one of these messages. Using the letter to the church at Ephesus, we're going to point out what this pattern is. I think it's important that we see this pattern. It tells us a great deal about Jesus, his attitude toward his church, and what our attitude needs to be with regards to our Lord and Savior. So using the message to the church of Ephesus as a template, we are going to look at the pattern that Jesus uses in addressing his churches. Again, there are six or seven parts to these letters. Part one is the introduction and description. The introduction in each one of these letters reads, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write. We have that seven different times, each time addressing one of the seven churches in Asia. The angel, as we've already said, is not a heavenly being, it's not a heavenly angel. A heavenly angel is not permitted to repent, 
They are not permitted to sin and fall away, repent and come back. If a heavenly angel sins like Lucifer, Satan, they fall away and they are kicked out of heaven. They do not have the opportunity of redemption like we as believers do. So we have the first part to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, and that angel is God's messenger to each individual church. The angel to the church of Ephesus was a human being, an individual who was the pastor, elder, teacher of that church. That's the one that John is writing to. Part two is, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. In each of these letters, we have a unique description of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a valuable study in and of itself just to take a look at each of these descriptions of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll see them each in turn. And then if you look at verse 2, you see a phrase that indicates the next part. In verse 2, we have, I know your works. Jesus is saying, I know your works. He says that to each of the seven churches. And that is followed by a positive statement regarding their works and their service to the Lord Jesus Christ, at least in all of the churches but two. And he'll say something positive about the church, what he knows about their works. And then in two of the churches, he only speaks of negatives. And then after addressing each church's positive works, if there are any, then he addresses their negative works, if there are any. So he knows their positive works and he knows their negative works. Out of the seven churches, there are two that don't have positives, and then there are two others that don't have negatives. And those are very unique churches. Those are churches we really want to take a close look at when we get to them. And then the next thing we see is found in verse 5. In the middle of verse 5, we see repent. Each time there is a negative addressed by the Lord Jesus in each of these letters, He calls that church to repent. That's another part, and he tells them how they are to repent. And following Christ's call to repent is the blessing and reward section. The Lord promises a blessing and a reward, if you look down in verse 7, to him who overcomes. He sees their positive works. He sees their negative works. He calls them to repent if that's applicable. If it's not applicable, he encourages the church to continue on. And then he says, to him who overcomes. Each church is expected to overcome the sin and the circumstances in which they exist. He then says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He calls each church to hear, but only those who are led by the Spirit are capable of hearing. That's why he says, he who has an ear. Not everyone has an ear. Not everyone's listening. Not everyone is spiritual. And these things are spiritually discerned, so it is a blessing to be able to have an ear that will hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then it's important to understand that each time he says what the Spirit says to the churches, Jesus is commanding John to write. John is going to write to the messenger of each of these churches, but it is the Holy Spirit that brings that message to bear on the heart of the individual members of each church. The indwelling Holy Spirit brings conviction and repentance. He brings about the change that is necessary if each of these people in the churches are to experience the blessing of overcoming. And so running through these again, we have the introduction to the church, 
and the description of the Lord Jesus as he is addressing the church. He then says, I know your works, and if there are positives, he lists the positives. If there are negatives, he then lists the negatives. Then he calls the church to repent of the negatives or the sins in the church. He promises that to those who overcome, there is a blessing and a reward. And then he says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In this pattern, we see the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. He sees what's going on in his church. He's walking among the church. He's holding the messengers in his right hand. He is intimate with his church. It is his church. He is the head. Of course he is intimate with his church. But he calls the church not just to do the best that it can. He calls the church to holiness, to righteousness, to godly works. And when there aren't godly works, he calls them to repent. When there's no negatives, and praise the Lord in some churches that he's writing to, there aren't negatives, he calls them to hang on. And then he gives the promise that those who overcome will receive a blessing or a reward. And then he asks them to listen, to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now let's go back and read the letter to Ephesus and see if we can pick out those six or seven parts in the letter. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. How did you do? I know this kind of study is a little bit technical to some and difficult to follow. But if you'll write down the six or seven parts, maybe using just a word to describe each of those parts so that you can follow along, I guarantee you God will use this study more fully in your life. It will be a lot more productive. Father in heaven, help us to study your word, not just to read it. Help us to work, to labor at growing in our knowledge of you and your will and your revelation. Father, sometimes we will work at all types of things that are of no value whatsoever, but we won't work at studying your word and growing in our relationship with Christ. Help us, Father, to major on the most important things. Help us to put our energies where there are eternal benefits. Watch over your people, guide them, direct them, and help them to understand and to glean all that we can from your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.